This episode of Right at the Fork and the Gary the Foodie Restaurant Update is brought to you by Leanne Bach from M Realty. You know, I don't know about you, Court, but I've gone through a number of real estate transactions in mm-hmm. my time, and I've had some great ones, and I've had some not-so-great ones. Right. And the key is picking the right realtor right off the bat. It all comes down to the realtor when, it, when you get down to it. Right, especially in a hot market, and you, and you need to act fast, and you need to negotiate uh, from a strong position. Yeah. In, in, in a matter of days, if not half of a day, Chris, could mean thousands of dollars gained or lost. Right. And market knowledge as well. Mm-hmm. So we've known Leanne for a little while now. And I can tell you this, she's tuned into the food world. So I would say if there's anyone listening out there and they want someone who understands where they're coming from and where they want to come from when they go to a restaurant. Leanne is the one to call. And that number would actually be 503-349-7890 or go online to leannebach.com. That's L-E-A-N-N-E-B-A-C-H.com. Do it. We love Leanne, and, and she's here to support not only us, but our entire Portland food world. Back with a Gary the Foodie update. Is that the official title of these, Chris? Yeah, we'll come up with it. I think I had a, that's pretty much it. It's yeah. pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. For those who don't know Gary the Foodie, and everybody probably does because they follow him at Gary the Foodie on Twitter, but mm-hmm. he's one of the most prolific diners we have in Portland who experiences the Portland food scene in quite uh, in depth and also flies around the world so he's got a nice perspective in such depth that we actually have him on now once a month because he's discovering all these new places he's checking them out he can get to them a lot faster than you and i can so and by the way who better to discuss them than gary right Right, gary right right welcome back chris oh thank you Uh, appreciate it i saw some i saw your instagram photos i saw your dinner at alcire de conroca was it good yeah, that was that was a lunch. Oh yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, the the experiences in those places are uh, are really fun. The food is playful. Um, they're really good at what they do, and the environment is great. So um, that's down quite a bit on my Instagram feed of about three weeks now. Um, but uh, it is uh, it was that Kanjuban, um was fantastic. That's a restaurant that everyone needs to go to when they go to Spain. It's about 40 miles outside of Barcelona. And uh, Disfrutar was interesting. I think you would have liked that, Gary. And when you go back to, um, when you go back to Spain, I think you're going to want to try that because th- those are a couple of the former chefs from El Bulli. Yeah, Oriol. Oriol Castro, I think. Yes. You got it. And, I, and we, we were able to take some pictures with Jose and those chefs, and we had a really good time. Actually, I had the, one of my favorite restaurants. Have you been to – when was the last time you were in San Sebastian? Me? Yeah. Oh, I've never been. Oh. Never been. You got to go. You got to come with us. <laughs> big, big group of people. You love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not really a group guy. As you know. I know. That, I was joking with you. I, I get it. But anyway, we went to Zubaroa, which I think you would really enjoy. Really beautiful restaurant. We ate outside on a beautiful day. and um, So those were my experiences at Michelin Star Restaurants. Because you've had a lot more, but I get once a year I get a little dose of them in 
September lately when we've gone to uh, Spain with Jose from Ataula and Chesa. So um, I'm glad to join your, your uh, to be able to do the experiences that you do. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did. And it's Thank a unique, you. It's a unique experience. So let's talk about some of your unique recent experiences. Uh, first, I want to say that, you know, I didn't, I've been thinking about this recently, and I, I want to focus more on the positives of my restaurant experiences in Portland than any of the negatives. I'm not a food critic. Have I we talked about have negatives? I don't Portland th- Monthly or Oregonian or, or Portland Mercury or Willamette Week. So I'm just this guy going out and eating. Well, I, I just want to make, that's a blanket statement because people sometimes refer to me as a critic just because I'm posting some pictures and I do events with chefs. I am far from a critic, and you're not either. You just enjoy right. experiences. Um, and but, I dare say Court's not a critic either. Nope. So none but of us. If, if chefs come up to me and ask me how a dish is or a meal is, I'm going to be honest, and I'll tell them to their face, as opposed to doing it over this medium. Right. Or any other medium or social media. You're not going right. to go out and slam somebody. And I've never done that either. Very rarely have I been I've critical it, of a place I've publicly. Done it, I've done it once. <laughs> how'd, that, how'd that work it out? Really, it was really bad. Oh, my God. I won't, I won't say, <laughs> if, you, if anyone's curious, they can, they can look a few years ago. But it was a few years ago. Well, uh-huh. here's the way I look. You know, here's the way I look at it. Even though you may not like something, most of the people in this industry, especially when they're, when they're pretty lauded restaurants, they're working really hard. And I to go, And I feel this way about professional critics as well. For them to um, say anything negative, uh, no, I shouldn't say anything, say negative things about a restaurant where that may apply to their palate, but not everyone else's, is, sometimes does a disservice. I'm not saying that that we don't need critics and it's not a good thing. I've certainly had some of my best experiences and avoided some that some critics have told me not to go to. But on the other hand, everybody has a different palate. So I think overall you got to, it's like when I used to be in diving meets when I was a kid, you throw out the, the, the highest scores and the lowest scores and you go with what you see in between. And, and so therefore your recommendations, I think are people that are things that people should, um, to take, uh, and and evaluate whether they like that kind of cuisine and based on what you say. Well, that's what I want to do, and thank you for understanding. Oh, and we're all understanding and, here. And uh, talk about some of the newer uh, newer pop ups, newish pop ups. Yeah, newish. I'll uh, start off with Sage Hen. Um, I went on Saturday night, and it was it's it's Sage Hen is a it's a dessert pop up. And it is true pop-up in the sense that I don't know when uh, the next one is or where it will be. And uh, it's um, the, the person behind Stage 10 is Eve Koitemin. I'm probably mispronouncing her last name. Sorry, Eve. But she used to be the pastry chef at Castagna, and now she's currently the pastry chef at Roe. I did talk about her two episodes ago. Mm-hmm. And I went to I went back to Stage 10 and was in back of... It was at Roe. And... She focuses on desserts from a long ago time. She has these recipe books from from that, that stretch back hundreds of years to I don't know hundreds of years. That's a long time, or at least a hundred years. And on Saturday night, what you, well, on at her dinners, what you normally get is um, finger sandwiches and, a, and some punch, 
and a series of desserts. And the last meal we had, uh, the last dessert taste uh, pop-up, we had chiffon pie and butterscotch, butterscotch pie and uh, lemon icebox cake, a chocolate dainty, which is like a bonbon. Mm. So I'd encur- I encourage you to go, and it, but you, it, it's, it's kind of, it's, it, her, her, her uh, pop-ups are very sporadic. So check her out on um, Twitter or Instagram. And I believe she has an email that you can subscribe to, which will tell you when her next stage and event is. How many people are, were at the event? I want to say fourteen. Okay, so it's fourteen nice. to sixteen. It's intimate. That's the that's the basic size of most pop ups in Portland. And hers are about that size, even when she was at Trifecta. Right. Okay. Hmm. Cool. And, that sounds good. I hadn't heard uh, about that. Thank you for that piece of a little bit of information a more consistent pop-up about every third monday of the month jane from ipe has a dinner at milk glass market since she does a lot a lot of the chefing at milk glass market the owner lets her the owner lets jane do a dinner once a month and it's Around thirty-five, it varies depending on what she buys and what the dinner is. But it varies between thirty-five and forty-five. More likely around thirty-five and forty-five. And it's the food is similar to what I grew up eating, as far as what my mom made. Uh, for example, the last one we had um, some vegetables with shoyu mayonnaise. I grew up eating shoyu mayonnaise, hmm. and I and I love it. I never even heard of it. Pardon? I've never even heard of it. What is it? It, takes, it basically takes 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 some takes some mayonnaise and put some soy sauce in it. Oh, it oh you said boom. soy. I'm sorry. Soy mayonnaise. Okay, I didn't get and that. It, it, sorry. You can let's go back and do that again. Sure. That was just stupid. I'll just cut it out. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, um, and then um, uh, one of my favorite dishes that night was just corn on the cob with QP mayo. Bonito flakes and nori, seaweed, and it was so delicious. I could have eaten ten of those. And her dessert of uh, a mochi cake, some Japanese pears, Japanese Asian pears, that was delicious too. So once a month, around the third Monday of every month, and she's done it for about six straight months, so it's fairly consistent. So it's, it's um, Ipe at Milk Glass Market. She has a website, I P P A. Okay. Are they usually sold out ahead of time? Because this podcast yeah, is going to yeah. This are your your uh, episodes come out on the third Monday of every month, so it's going to coincide with that tonight. So uh, yeah, I, I I think people are sol. Sorry okay. guys. So yeah, but <laughs> no, I guess the the <laughs> trick is now get in on the next next month. So that's all. Yeah. So, so next month. Yeah. And I'll talk to you about some new restaurants I've been to. Well, one's not really, well, kind of a, one called, like a hole-in-the-wall restaurant, but it's not really a hole-in-the-wall. It's Musubi. Have you heard of it? No. It's right next to Bar Avignon on Division. And the owner is Daryl. I saw something about that. I just didn't know the name. So, and it has nothing to do with sushi, the sushi place next to, nearby there. Sushi Maki, is that it? No. Yeah. It has nothing to do with that. Okay. Um, Daryl's from Hawaii. And he grew up eating musubi, which is spam 
with rice and nori. And I, I loved it. I grew up eating it, too. And it was always a treat. When my relatives would make me musubi, and I could eat maybe, I could eat a lot of them in one sitting, maybe 10 to 15 of them. Uh, these are a little bit bigger than the ones <laughs> this I'm This is why to. we love you, Gary, because you can eat that much and and report on it. Uh, his his musubi is relatively large, and it's it's not the spam you get out of the can. It's housemate spam. Oh, housemate so spam. You know, it's elevated spam. I wow. was just at I was at Costco yesterday, and I noted that they that there weren't many left, but they sell twelve packs of spam. I'm just wondering who buys the twelve packs of spam. People making musubi, right? Yeah, I guess, but it's not him because he's making his homemade. How many How many restaurants are doing that? So someone's consuming a lot of spam. I love spam. I wish it weren't so bad for me health wise. I, I, uh, I that's one of my guilty pleasures too. We. Kind of been opening those up the last few weeks. That's one of them. Mm. That's not the only thing he has. He has maybe about six other onigiris, which is little triangular rice, kind of like sushi, I guess. And some of them, like he has curry chicken, uh, salmon. He has umeboshi, which is you know, it's, it's, it's like a plum. It's a Japanese plum that's pickled, and uh, so. It, it, right in the center of it is is the plum, um, and, and he got he he's getting this paste, this umeboshi paste from Hawaii, and that's what he's using. Um, I have I have like a twenty year old jar of umeboshi in my refrigerator, and it's still good. Wow. And mine's a little sour. And oh, yeah. so he, and Daryl has a number of so Daryl has a, a variety of selections. It's, oh, the hours are really strange: eight a.m. to three p.m. on weekdays. That's what, that's what Paisha used to be, the same same concept. So maybe they'll yep. graduate to evenings. He's thinking about it. He's thinking about a lot of different things, even though he's only been open like six days. Oh. And how, and many, ta- how many times have you been there already? Twice. Yeah, there you go. Not just once, twice. Yep. Good. Where else? Uh, Vivian Kitchen and Pantry in the Hollywood District. Bid, I went, how do you spell that, Vivian? Pardon? How do you spell that? V I V I E N N E. Oh, Vivian. Vivian. Okay, I got it. It's Vivian with a V. It's yeah, V. It's in it's in the Hollywood district, and that 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 little area needs something like Vivian. It's very quaint, personal. They're open for breakfast and lunch. Uh, at some point, maybe Robin, who owns it, will. Over for dinner because literally, literally right next door to the Hollywood Theater. Mm-hmm. And I, I they had they make a nice frittata. Their porridge is great. So you know, go in on a weekday weekend and just relax, sit down, and drink some coffee, eat some frittata, a galette, the galette, fruit galettes, seasonal fruit galettes are very good too. Um, it's, I'm just glad they're in the Hollywood District. Not much there. Nice. That rounds it out a little bit, mm-hmm. anyway. Jacqueline. Have you been to Jacqueline yet? No. I hate to keep saying no, but this is, this is why we enjoy you so much. Right. The, we're living space, vicariously through you. Oh, well, thank you. The space is... is um, you're, you're, you're very familiar with the space. It's the old St. Jack location. Okay. Yep. The owners are... Derek Hansen and Brandy Lassell. Derek was 
the chef, opening chef at Loma Whiskey Library, and was a chef was a chef at Broder near what used to be the Gotham Tavern building. Mm-hmm. And Brandy was at Renata and Old Salt, and so they're experienced Portland chefs. That's a good roster. It is, and 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 it's it, what I what I really like about Jacqueline is it's a true neighborhood restaurant. Um. The menu changes constantly, which is both good and bad. I had I had this this corn hush puppy the, the first time, and it was delicious. I went back like ten days later. It was replaced by um, it was replaced by corn fritters, which weren't as good as those corn hush puppies. But the, the menu is 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 relatively expensive, expansive, not expensive, but expansive. The other thing. Everything was less than $20 on the menu, if I remember correctly. So it's reasonably priced. It's in a nice neighborhood. The food is, 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 is very solid. Uh, second time I went, I had a smoked sable fish that was delicious. So go support your neighborhood restaurant. And, I, I, and I'm happy for Chad Drazen next door at 50 Licks that he's got a, a nice restaurant next door again. Yeah, I love 50 Licks. Yeah. Truly really underrated uh, ice cream. I I believe so, and again, the fact that St. Jack moved out after he opened was a tough thing for him, and uh, I'm glad to hear something is now open to drive some people over there after dinner at Jacqueline. And another another um, neighborhood restaurant, but in a different neighborhood, on Northwest 23rd, just off of Northwest 23rd, is the waiting room. That and one I've heard of. That That location has gone through numerous tenants and i think they have found uh a long-term tenant because it's 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 a it's a solid restaurant uh kyle and kyle rourke and thomas duncan i think it's thomas duncan are, are the owners and and thomas is the chef they have a really good fried chicken not in the same class as like muscadine or maize but it's really it's really solid um as is their fried green tomatoes. Everything's reasonably priced. It's it's a it's a cute little restaurant just off of Twenty Third. Um, so another very nice neighborhood restaurant. Very so, good on Northwest Twenty Third. Have you been anywhere that has been around a while that surprised you and that you were happy you went to? Oh, good question. Uh, I've been trying to focus more. On the newer restaurants, mm-hmm. but I know um, in the, I did have in the course like, of your days, you go out to a lot of places. So I do. I went to Quantrill again recently for the second time. Again, a newer place. I talked about it, I think, two episodes ago. Mm-hmm. And once again, another another really nice meal. They were busy on that Tuesday night. Uh, so I think Bill Wallander, who's a chef there, is doing a really um, killer job there for that for another another area in Portland where which which really needs restaurants like Quantrail. Where is it again? It's off. It's on Mississippi. Okay, very near to uh, very near um, Lovely Fifty Fifty. I got a nice um, text message from our dear Heather Jones asking me if I'd been there, and she loved it. So, oh yeah, good to hear. And an, another visit to Dame with a tartare that's probably the best 
that's my favorite in the city. The, the beef card dame, it's, it was outstanding. And I love that space. Yeah, I was only able to peek in the other night. It was closed when I was uh, walking by. I wanted to get in, but it's too late. You, 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 ha- you had a, actually, I, now I'm thinking, and I, and I have an answer for you. Yes, uh, a, a restaurant that's been around for a while that has surprised me, and I've been there maybe six, seven times since May. I should have thought this earlier. And that's a Kanto right next to Nota Girl. New chef. On Belmont. And the reason I find that restaurant more compelling now is because the chef has changed in May to Chris Frazier, who moved from Longbon to Oconto. But Chris's background is, is his pedigree is outstanding. He, he learned to make pasta at Mario Batelli's Del Posto in New York City, one of like the only, there are like four or five star, four star New York Times restaurants right now, four or five. Del Posto is one of them. He worked at Gabe Thompson's um, Delinema in Lattuzzi. He In San Francisco, he worked for another great Italian restaurant named Delfina's for Craig and Ann Stoll. He worked really fine dining with the Cezanne, the 27th best restaurant in the world and three Michelin stars. And he, he, he now he's running the kitchen in the Conto. Uh, his pastas are delicious. They're very straightforward. All of them are have been under $18. And so I would highly recommend you going to a Kanto. Uh, you know, try to go on a night that Chris is there because he loves. He's, he's, he's a, you see him at the stove. He's just cooking, cooking his pasta. No expedite. He's just cooking it himself. So you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday is probably a good time to go to a Kanto and catch Chris. That's a good recommendation. That's always been a good restaurant. So it's good to hear that it's uh, it's changed a little bit, and you're still enjoying it. And I've gone to uh, – I'm curious. I want you to go to a restaurant. I actually asked you about this recently because uh, it's actually more – it's actually a bar. It's actually bar, – bar is in its name. Bar Casa Ballet. Uh-huh. We were, I will, I was, we were talking about going there last week. Sorry I didn't make it. And I, I, I'd like to hear what, what you think of the place in that I've never been to Spain. I don't know what an actual Pinchos tapas bar is like. So that's what Nate, when he, when Nate created BCV, he did it with the notion and the memories of his time going to Pinchos bars in San Sebastian. Oh, interesting. And it's one of the few places, maybe the only place, where it's the, where it's the bar, and I don't want to drink cocktails. What I want, and I've done it, is just order chocolate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three or four different kinds of chocolate, and just eat the bar snacks. And how many bar snacks does he have out? I didn't see a any. A lot. Okay. Like, I want to guess 20. Okay. You mean 20 different varieties? Yes. Wow. That's and a good thing. Not all, you know, see, not, I mean, I went really, they just opened up. So not all of them are dialed in. Uh, but what's good is good, like the, uh, the prawns. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's delicious. Uh, something as simple as all this stuff with anchovies, and I like the vibe. And um, it's just, it's just it's a really. Uh, I like the atmosphere. I, I, I think you'll like it, but I'm just curious what you'll have to say when you, when you go there. All right, I'll ha- I will have to do that by the next time you're on, so we can, we can cover it. I will be there, either with you or without you, but I will do it. Okay, okay. 
and and don't forget, it just it just started recently. But brunch at May and back of Old Salt. You she can... does brunch only on Sundays right now. I think I can only imagine how good that is because that food is conducive to brunch. Yes, and... I, I, it, I would highly recommend it. Um, her fried chicken, along with muscadines, is, is my favorite. I don't know if it's the best. It's my favorite in town. Uh, May is a great host. Um, Maya Lovelace is a great hostess, mm-hmm. and it's just a, it's a really nice, comfortable experience. I've always said one of my favorite in the last year, easily hands down, one of the first things I'd recommend people do, and I do a lot. Recommend going to May PDX M A E P D X dot com. Yep, as if it's not already hard enough to get seats. And uh, now. One thing, I, you were in Spain a, a few days before I just returned from Tokyo. Yes, from Japan. So you have a few I, from I, there, I would imagine. I, 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 I love Tokyo. The food, it, it, it may be my overall most intriguing and delicious culinary trip I've ever had. And there, there really were no meals that truly disappointed me and i it's, it's a great culinary city it's, it it can be expensive but you can easily go there and spend what you would spend in a in a mid to higher end portland restaurant and the food is 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 stunning so how do you do your but, research when you're going to tokyo how do you decide what sources do you use to decide where you're going to go uh, Andy Haler, H-A-Y-L-E-R, he's, mm-hmm. he's dined at every single three Michelin star rated restaurant in the world for the last 20 years. And I've been reading him from the very, very, very beginning. And if I go to a place um, of which I'm somewhat unfamiliar, even if I'm familiar, I just want to hear what his thoughts are because I understand what he likes and what he doesn't like. So I, I, I read everything. I try to read as much as I can, see which restaurants he likes and um, why he likes them. So I love, I love Haler. Um, Michelin, of course. I'll use Michelin, but Michelin Japan, Michelin, Michelin Tokyo to be specific, I don't really trust it as much as I would other Michelin guides. I, um, I just think they're somewhat new to rating Japanese restaurants because mm-hmm. they've been rating European French restaurants for close to 100 years or at least 70, 80 years. And I trust them when it comes to that but less so when it comes to Japanese food. And just, just, just things, I mean, just different. There are other outlets to use to research, to narrow it down even more. Um, so, yeah, Tokyo, I would highly recommend going there. Uh, do your research. And um, I will tell you that it's just not sushi and tempura and, and kaiseki. There's a new guard of young chefs, relatively young chefs, that are doing some imaginative, creative, thought-provoking uh, food. People like Hasegawa at Den and Kawata at Floral Lidge, Namaya at La Provescence, Kishida at Quintessence. Uh, these guys are just, the young, creative, the, the meals aren't overly expensive. It's exciting. Um, and there's even a younger guard, such as Tarada at Turk, Meguro at Abyss, Hashimoto at Celebrated. And so... Just you know, it's 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 a vibrant city. How vibrant. many how many days did it take you to visit all those places you just mentioned? 
Uh, I will have to tell you that the last three turfs, uh, the beast and cellar Rivera, I wasn't able to go to, but uh, I, I did go to eleven restaurants. And how many days? In, uh, three nights. Very good. So four days. Well, but three days and three nights because the fourth day, I just you know went to the airport. Okay, that's uh, it's an average of four a day. Yeah. Good, two lunches, good, two dinners. Good job. Day. Good job, Gary. Good job with this too. Unless you had something else. No, that's it. That's a good. That's a good monthly report for October. Gary, thank you. Thank you. Right at the Fork is supported by Upserve. Upserve is the cloud-based restaurant management system serving up everything you need to know to run a smoother operation and exceed guest expectations. It's your restaurant. Run it like you mean it with Upserve. Visit Upserve.com to request a demo today. Tell them you are a Right at the Fork listener and get special pricing. The Chew Dining Club. Chew Dining Club gives you rewards and intel from Portland's best restaurants. Check in at participating establishments and you'll get rewards you want, like free pizzas, beverages, and extended happy hour deals, plus exclusive information and invites to fun food events. Chew. Find it on iTunes or Google Play. Leanne Bach of M Realty. Choosing the right realtor can make or break the buying or selling experience in real estate. Leanne Bach is in tune with the ever-changing Portland landscape, especially as it pertains to our food and restaurant world. Why not work with someone who's in step with you? Find Leanne at LeanneBach.com. L-E-A-N-N-E-B-A-C-H.com. And by Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and craft beer. Emphasizing locally sourced items. Zupan's has been inspiring food lovers and local chefs for over 40 years with the very best Northwest bounty in Portland. West Burnside, Southeast Belmont, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Zupan's Markets. Love your food. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Intro music by Ariel Varinas. Find links to her music in the show notes section. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. <laughs>